This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Talk money to me. Hello there and welcome to Talk Money to Me. I'm Candice Burke. And I'm Felicity Thomas. And this is your Need to Know Wealth podcast where we make the complex simple. So we are back once again with our Autopad episode. Woohoo! And in these episodes, if you haven't caught on to what we do here, Felicity and I both pitch a company that we are liking at the moment and we go through the investment reasons for those businesses. And one of the reasons why we created this podcast is to actually help educate you on all aspects of your financial landscape. So Candice and I actually draw on our extensive expertise and experience in wealth management and capital markets to deliver you clever and insightful financial conversations amongst ourselves and our special guests. That's right. So if you can't tell already, we're super passionate about financial literacy and helping educate you along your investment journey, wherever that is. So in terms of today, we'll be chatting about two very interesting emerging growth companies that both fall within the future-facing commodity space. I'm not talking about traveling to space. I'm more referring to the future commodities. So the exit from traditional resources and the move towards more renewable and sustainable commodities that we need in our daily lives, right? So this is, we're talking nickel, lithium, cobalt, and potash. And even though we are registered financial advisors at Shore and Partners, please note that this podcast and the content discussed does not actually constitute as financial advice, nor is it a financial product. The content on this podcast is general in nature, and you should seek appropriate professional advice before making any financial decisions. So with that being said, all the companies we're going to be chatting about on our show today are offered in good faith based on the facts known at the time and don't contain all the relevant information in respect to the financial products to which they relate. All righty. So good work on that. Now, Candice, um, now we're actually making this recording on the 1st of November 2021. So we wanted to give you a quick update on how two of our stocks are performing. We're just going to give you the top two today. So we've got Nitro at 10.98% and SVB at 7.98%. And you can actually track our Autopad by going to the Equitymates website, clicking on the watch list and clicking on our Autopad. So I'm going to get you to kick us off today, Candice, with your pick. I mean, what company have you unearthed this week for us to add to our water pad? It's nice to actually have more than two stocks on it now, isn't it? It is. Growing it has indeed. Okay, so I'm actually going to continue to go long in my investment thematic of potash. If you tuned into our last episode of the water pad, I was super keen on BHP in particular because of their investment in that potash space. So for a quick refresher, potash is potassium carrying fertilizer, which contains no substitutes. So very clean version, right? Potash is one of the key nutrients required for the global crop growth production and supply chain in the whole agricultural sector. Industry consensus places potash demand to forecast to grow anywhere from two to 6% CAGR over the next coming decades, 
driven by the reduction in basically available land per capita over time. So it's going to actually help to the growing, I guess, food shortage. Is that right? For the land? Yeah. 100%. So we know, like, as I talked about in our last order pad, you know, BHP is forecasting we're going to have a huge amount of demand and um, supply stress on mm. our global food market. So it's estimated that demand for potash could, you know, double by the late 2040s, by which point it could be a US 50 billion market cap an opportunity, really. Yeah. So the company I'm pitching today is the Australian-based microcap resource company that specialises in potash, and it's called the Australian Potash Company. Very original name. Yeah, yeah I was about to say. Can't forget <laughs> that one. It's pretty self-explanatory what this company does. <laughs> That's it. And if you're Googling it or looking up on your Bloomberg um, app, the, the ASX code is APC. So APC, right? What does it do? Well, as the name says, it's a sulfate of potash, which is SOP. It's a developer in this space, which holds tenure across three areas in Western Australia's northern east goldfields. So this is nearby Kalgoorlie, if anyone in WA is tuning in, consisting of four projects. So number one, they have their Lake Wells Sulfate Potash Project. That's the main project I'm going to be talking about today and the reasons why I like APC. Mm-hmm. Then we have the Lake Wells Gold Project, the Laventons Down Base Metals Project, and finally their Lake Dalit SOP Exploration Project. So as mentioned, we're recording today's episode on the 1st of November. Market cap right now, $74 million. So definitely micro cap. And I'd put this in the high risk category as well because APC are only 30% complete towards being a bank feasible study. So that means in layman's term, they're pretty much still a junior minor exploration company. They're still in ramp up phase really at the end of the day. Awesome. I mean, that's like a tiny, tiny micro cap. That's smaller than a lot of the ones that I've even pitched. I know. I'm going into your territory here. You're going rogue. You're going going rogue. rogue. All right. So I really like that. That's super interesting. I mean, if you find these companies early, that's where you can get some significant upside. But we know there's also a lot of risk, right, in these baby companies. Um, So tell us more about like the Lakes Wells project because you said that's what you want to actually highlight. Yeah. And that's why I'm going rogue or off script for my normal fundamental kind of investment um, preferences. And that's because the Lake Wells project itself, I think, is their biggest opportunity for right now. So they own 100% of this project. That's a tick in my book. They don't have any other royalties to deal with. And it's a 30 to 35 year mine life producing site of 170 million tonnes per annum of premium SOP. So long life in the mine, really good product as well. And they own it 100%. So the site's still progressing and de-risking as we know, but these are good signs and there's early work sites that are continuing. So using our base case realized SOP price of the project, you know, the project's predicted to have a post-tax NPV of 251 million or an IRR of 17%. So again, spot prices, the project has a post-tax NPV of 620 mil, which then translates to longer term internal rate of return of 29%. Double digits all round, love that. And not only does the growth outlook and financials look attractive, but it's also an ESG play. So the Lake Wells project will be a genuinely, I'm going to say that again, so we 
really understand it. It's generally going to be a green product. It's not just going to be marketed as a green product. It will be an SOP product, given that it's going to be producing 66% less CO2 emissions than peers and a premium fertilizer product for distribution in the world's most lucrative markets. That's fantastic. That's really great to actually see something that is going to be genuinely green rather than just a lot of these companies jumping on that green bandwagon. Bandwagon, 100%. So it's also going to have the lowest quartile cash costs and backed by a highly penetrable hybrid renewable power station, which is also 60% going to be more efficient than its fears. So double tick. It's essentially this high grade premium SOP product with a 35 year lifespan. And it's the talk of the town at the moment. And in terms of their debt of financing, which they're looking to do in a few months time, they're in talks of securing a green loan from major banks and finance companies, which is exciting. Awesome. It's important to note that, you know, all these awesome things, you know, it's still based on our assessment of APC. So the key components of the model, right, for them getting these targets Mm -hmm. is producing 170 million tonnes per annum of SOP over that 35-year lifespan, total CapEx expenditure of 292 million, OPEX of US 251 tonne over the lifespan of the mine, which is in the first quarter. And so we're assuming really full production ramp up in calendar year 2024. So really, this is a two to three year investment play then. Um, You know, potash has recently been in the press a lot lately, and yet it's still very underloved future commodity um, and investment really up until now, until you've kind of been talking about it lately. Do you know why that is? You know, battery, lithium, that's all hot, 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 nickel, copper, but not potash. I mean, I'd love to say that because I found it now it's hot, but that's not the case. No. You know, it's I'm not first to market on this idea. In our view, one of the reasons why institutions and, you know, investors are hesitant to buy into the Australian potash sector despite the fact that it's up 45% in the spot price since July, is really because of the difficulties at the Salt Lake, Potash and Callium Lakes area. So if you look them up, that's KLL on the ASX market and SO4 on is the ticker for the other company. So whilst SO4, you may have seen in the press recently, that's actually just been appointed um, into voluntary administrations by KPMG. That's no good. Yeah, not good. But our internal challenge and checks of the whole sector, you know, when it's part of the DD, when you look at APCs, you look at the peers, what that's indicating is KLL will reach steady state production, meaning they're managing their technical issues much better. So that's a good sign. Both KLL and SO4 have encountered difficulties with the brine extraction, production of harvesting their salts, and just the general um, project execution. But if you look at like the global markets, you know, you can use these technical types of solar salt projects. It's been proven by numerous operations over the over the many decades. So we believe APC's approach to the Lake Wells project and development is actually quite conservative, which is good, right? You want to under-promise and over-deliver. So APC's forecasting in their two summers of the pond evaporation prior to commissioning, this is good, that's conservative. This is going to ensure that this is sufficient, you know, they have enough um, quality of the harvest salts to feed the process plant. Their brine bore field extraction is used, which we believe carries less technical risk compared to the salt lake trenching, which is what the peers do, which, you know, they're getting a lot of um, stress on that side of things. 
And then they also have an engineering procurement and construction or an EPC contract, which basically has laid out more than 75% of the construction contracts by value, costs, scheduling and performance. So they know what they're getting in for before the projects start to really ramp up in terms of cost. Okay, so that's great. So you don't believe that APC is going to have the same issue as these other companies, essentially. Um, You know, what do you consider a good quality source of potash? Yeah, well, firstly, it's important to explain how exactly you source and extract potash. A lot of people don't realise that potash is produced at the underground mine level. So you're actually mining, right? Mm. And it's driven from solution mining operations and through the evaporation of lakes and subsurface brines, which is salts. And the two most common forms of potash are MOP, which stands for murate of potash, or SOP. And we're talking mainly about sulfate of potash, right, with um, APC. So like lithium, potash deposits, they're not actually rare. There's a lot out there in the world. But it's estimated that the globe has an existing reserve life of over 90 years of potash. However, most deposits are either too small or low grade to be considered commercial. So to answer your question, the factors which influence commerciality and, you know, what determines a good source of potash would firstly be size and the reserves available. So the reported range of tonnages for the commercial potash deposits ranges from tens of millions to more like 100 billion tonnes. So, for example, in the Canadian region um, that we were talking about with BHP, they have a huge reserve there and other areas which have large reserves that we're probably familiar with is um, basins in Belarus, basins in Western Russia, and also in other markets in Germany. The second point you want to look for is the grade. So the mineability percentage in the K2O, right, which is the chemical. So the average reported potash grades in the reported crystalline deposits, which is about 80% of MOP production, that ranges from anywhere from 5 to 40% K2O. And the most reported grades in operating mines today range from anywhere from 10 to 25% K2O, with the lowest association known um, in terms of what we can see from the analyst perspective is below 4% K2O. Thirdly, you want to look for the cost of mining and the cost of producing. That's a bit of a no-brainer. You know, we're talking about the depth to the ore, the thickness, and, you know, how the potash bed is really made up, the amount of impurities present, you know, how much you have to get rid of that, the cost to separate, et cetera, et cetera. And then finally, location, 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 location. The deposits distance from the markets, that's going to determine the cost of your transpiration, you know, what governments you're playing in, what tax royalties, proximity to power and water. These are all important things to look out for to determine a good source of potash. Okay, so thank you for explaining that. I mean, who do you think are the biggest, I guess, competitors in your view to APC? Because we've spoken about all the positives, but obviously there's risks, right? Always risk investing. We're not naive about that. So, you know, with um, with Canada in particular, which is BHP, the biggest producers globally in, in this race currently, Canada's winning Russia, Belarus, China and Israel. So the Elk Basin in Saskatchewan, Canada, is the world's largest source of potash, which is where BHP is investing. So really no brainer there to answer your question. BHP is for sure a competitor when, you, when you're comparing it to APC. Um, And that area actually has produced 20% of the world's potash supply 
for the last 50 years. Oh, so wow, that's quite a that's, lot. That's why they're number one in the race. Yeah. And then other familiar names who are mining potash is Rio Tinto, to name one in Australia, and a few other global competitors out there. So you've got the Mosaic Company, MOS, on the New York Stock Exchange, if you're looking that up. It's about a 20-bill market cap. And then a smaller company on the Canadian market called Lithium Americas, LAC. So there's definitely competitors out there, right? But there is a geographic potash supply demand imbalance going on in the market currently. So while the earth contains enough potash to meet the increased global demand for crop production today, some regions lack potash deposits needed to satisfy the local demand. So the top four potash consumers in the world currently is China, Brazil, the US and India. And they actually account for 60% of consumption, but these countries are only producing 13% of the global potash production. Okay, so what you're saying here is they actually dominate the market, but they aren't supplying enough. Correct. And this geographic imbalancement has created a fragmented potash market in general with transport costs and production qualities causing pricing differences across the world. So that's why you're seeing APC as an investment opportunity right now. Yep. In our view, APC is well placed to capitalise on this imbalancement as the company intends to produce a premium quality SOP and has jurisdictional advantages given that it's key assets located in Australia. So Australia, as we know, has proximity to the emerging Asian markets. Fantastic. It's going to supply China and India in particular, right? Being close to us. Which have huge populations. So that makes sense. And massive demand on the agricultural sector. Mm. So as I've mentioned, APC owned this site 100%, 35-year mine life cycle. And it's Australia's largest measurable SOP resource site area, which they've already actually been granted their mine leases and environmental approvals. So that regulatory risk and hurdle has already been achieved. Okay, awesome. So that sounds all really exciting, but I know that everyone here just wants to get to the exciting part. I mean, where do you see the stock price moving to? You know, what kind of upside is there? That's right. This is this is the fun part, right? So upside, big, big, big numbers here, triple digits of 176% upside, which is a Shore and Partners 12-month price target to reach 32 cents. Last trade was about 11.5 cents, just FYI for everyone. And also Canaccord follow APC and their 12-month price target is $0.30. Now, as we're chatting about APC today, it's actually in a trading halt in the market because they're currently raising $8 at $0.08, being a 30% discount to the last traded price of $0.11.5. So we're a little bit restricted on what we can say here, but we know that the raise is done purely through um, wholesale sophisticated investors only. And the post-raise capital market will be about $60 million, with cash at bank pre the raise of about $2.9 million as of the 30th of September 2021. And what are the funds going to be used for? Why are they raising $8 million? So they're raising the $8 million for the Lake Wells project. They're going to be doing some ball field drilling, their testing, pumping and earthworks and just general capital. So as I mentioned earlier, the EPC contract has really mapped out all the costs they'll need. This is just the next phase of the project. So in summary, APC is a buy recommendation in our opinion for those reasons that I mentioned earlier. But I just want to leave you with a key point, Felicity, and for our listeners. This is why I get excited about APC. And that's because the company expects to raise product prices to include a 10% premium you know, quality above their peers because they can market it as a genuine green product, right? As, mm-hmm. as we mentioned earlier. 
Um, and then they have a higher K2O content than the standard SOP. So really it's a premium, more green potash product that we know the global food supply chain just has a lot of demand for in the, in the coming few decades. You know, in our view also, it's a really well-run business by the CEO um, and, and Matt in our view, also, the management is, is super strong, led by CEO Matt Shackleton. Matt's got over 20 years experience in this area and has actually been um, a listed board member of another WA Gold Explorer, Mount Magnet South. Well, that's important, right? Experience. That's right, Felicity. So, you know, I look for experience. I look for skin in the game. I look for, you know, when I go more speculative, high growth, like can this be a two, three year viable play? I think yes. And is it solving a problem? Yes. World food supply in the potash area. Alrighty. So that's a wrap on APC for me. I'm excited to hear about your stock idea Felicity this week, but before we do, we're just going to take a very short break to hear from our sponsors. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Alrighty, what stock is hot right now? that you want to bring to the Autopad Felicity? Okay, so my stock today is a company that you most likely haven't heard of. It's called Blackstone Minerals. Now the code is BSX on the ASX. The company owns a 90% interest in the Tarcoa Nickel Copper PGE project. So the Tarcoa project is located in the Sun La province of Vietnam and actually includes an existing modern nickel mine. Again, it's a micro cap just like yours with 238 mil market cap and it's trading around the 68 to 70 cents mark. And it's actually playing in one of my favourite investment thematics, being EV and Lion battery space. At its core, it's a battery metals development company focused on the Asian market. So a little bit of a summary. Blackstone is proposing a restart open pit mine in Ban Phuc in northern Vietnam, previously owned by Asian Mineral Resources. Now this mine will have a greater upstream processing and new extensive downstream processing to produce nickel, cobalt and manganese, NCM which are battery precursors product from hydropower for Asia's growing lithium-ion battery industry. Okay, so again in the EV, you know, long lithium space, right? Yeah, that's it. Um, you know, I think what's really interesting is the majority of current class one nickel demand is driven by non-battery applications, so stainless steel, alloy steel and plating. But the future demand for class one nickel is to be driven by rapid growth of the lion battery industry. And that's definitely an interesting theme to be adding to your portfolio. So I guess why are you interested more so in BSX and the Asian market? 
Yeah, so I guess what I really like is that it is focused in Asia. And we know that Asia is booming, especially Asia ex-China, with more and more of the population becoming wealthier with a growing middle class. You know, Vietnam is closely located next to China, next to South Korea and next to Japan. So it's really the heart of Asia's rapidly expanding lithium-ion battery hub. Um, you know, you've got SK Innovation, EcoPro, Cattle, Samsung, LG Chem and Panasonic as some of the globally relevant cathode and battery manufacturers with their headquarters actually in this region. So I think what Blackstone is intending to do is to develop and fund the construction of the downstream business via a collaborative partnership-based model. So in our view, there's really no shortage of potential partners. And let's talk about the financials now. Let's get them out of the way because there's not much to it again right now because it's not actually... It's very speculative by like both of our stocks, it sounds like. All right, let's get the financials out of the way. Um, Very similar to yours. There's not whole lot to it. It's just a lot of assumptions and a lot of modelling. But they've got 13.5 million cash as of the 30th of September. You know, they're not making any money just yet, but commercial production is expected in 2024. You know, in our view, the upstream and downstream projects have outstanding financial metrics. So using our base case commodity price deck, we model redevelopment of 6 million tonnes per annum at Thai Koa Nickel Project, 90%, with a post-tax NPV 10 of US 193 million, or that's an internal rate of return of 25%. So double digits, right? That's pretty good. Love that. Um, they may be material upside to our upstream economics if the resources can be expanded as well. So Northern Vietnam may become a globally significant nickel province. And I think Blackstone has first mover advantage now um, in this space. Now, we model the development of a 400 kiloton per annum nickel concentrate fed in Taikoa refinery, 100%, with a post-tax NPV 10 of US 1400 and internal rate of return of 52%. So the company is targeting a final investment decision in the second half of calendar year 22, following construction of a pilot plan, definitive feasibility studies, and financing. And, you know, we've modelled a phased ramp-up operations with first production in calendar year 2024 and actually steady state in calendar year 25. So really APC's calendar year 24, um, which is similar to to BSX as well, calendar year 24. So both two, three-year plays really is what we're talking about today. That's it. There's a lot going on in calendar year 2024. Yep. So stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. But get in early because... You don't want to miss the boat. And so behind Blackstone, you know, give us more of your investment thesis, why you like the ideas. Okay, so there are probably three main reasons why I believe you should be investing in Blackstone and why we have it in our autopad or in our portfolios. Again, you need to be a high growth investor and you need to be able to handle significant volatility. But number one reason is the exposure to a rapidly intensifying green electrification movement, the green nickel movement, I suppose. Now, Blackstone provides this exposure to the EV battery thematic, it's once in a generation opportunity to position for the movement towards high nickel content cathodes needed for the EV revolution. And Blackstone is also very serious about producing an ESG friendly product. The company recently announced a collaborative partnership with Circular, which is the industry leader in supply chain traceabilities. So ESG tracking promotes responsible sourcing and sustainability. This will help Blackstone and its global customers meet a range of stakeholder requirements, which are 
rapidly evolving, i.e. regulatory, financing and investment criteria. Okay, so what do you mean by exactly the term green nickel? Well, their goal is to launch the first nickel zero carbon battery product, essentially. So if you combined all of these, I guess, aspects, your sulfate nickel, your vertically integrated value chain, your renewable power, pressure oxidation, leach flow sheet, fossil fuel replacement and corporate commitment to ESG, it all points towards this, I guess, green nickel theory. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Now, number two district scale nickel sulfide opportunity with significant existing infrastructure and competitive operating advantages. So I mentioned that briefly before. So the flagship Taycoa mine in northern Vietnam has up to 25 massive sulfide vein, MSV, and a disseminated sulfide, DSS targets. It's also got attractive product pricing, low risk investment jurisdiction, and abundant access to renewable hydro power and competitive labor costs. So that's number two. Then I've got number three reason why this is a good investment idea in my investment thesis is it's scalable and modular and it's globally relevant downstream refinery. So Blackstone's intention is to collaborate with its tier one partners to unlock the value of its expanded downstream refinery strategy, initially in Vietnam, with the potential to enact a global strategy. So that's why, you know, why I really like it. I like to look at a lot of potential. You know, the company has really good relationships with also some of the biggest players in the battery space, including a company called EcoPro, which we actually invest directly for some of our clients as an international investment. And look, we see big opportunities with Blackstone partnering with Vinfast, which is actually Asia's answer to Tesla as they're seeking a local ESG solution for their batteries. So, I mean, to me, my eyes are just lighting up at this, right? Looking excited with all the growth plays. And I think um, what I was reading as well, Vinfast is looking to list soon on the market. And they in particular have said that they want a local lithium battery provider, right? They don't want to have to source it from anyone else to keep their costs low. So that's a big opportunity, like you pointed out, for Black. Stone. So ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Um, what about the risks though? You know, we talk about risk all the time. What are the ones that you're seeing for Blackstone? Okay. So there are quite a few risks, um, you know, like all investments and like all investments that aren't actually making any money yet. So I think the number one risk would be the taco and mine and downstream refinery are not yet producing. And there's risk that they may unable to be actually get into production. And the project costs may be more than expected to build, restart and not operate the way that we're expecting. You've yep. obviously also got sovereign risks, right, in Vietnam. However, this refinery is actually expected to be a project of national significance and features in the national in the Vietnam National Master Plan, which is pretty cool. Nonetheless, economic challenges in a country, you know, include access to infrastructure, pending public sector reforms, growing inequality in, you know, and a weak banking sector. Um, another risk would be the forecasting future commodities prices and operating costs have considerable uncertainty. So I guess similar to APC, you know, we've got this kind of risk here. Our forecasts may be potentially too optimistic. Yep. If metal prices are weaker than forecast and or Blackstone Minerals mining costs are higher, then, you know, we kind of expect our cash flow forecast can be too high. And then you've also got the evolving battery chemistry. So the electric vehicle and lithium-ion battery industry is rapidly evolving and market specialists are confident that EV adoption is set to increase. However, you've also always got the underlying battery chemistry's risk to support the electrification movement is could be, you know, potentially uncertain. 
Oh, maybe I'll just say. So to reiterate why I believe this is a buy is they will produce over 85 kilotons per annum of premium nickel cobalt magnesium battery cathode, a precursor generating US 450 mil in operating cash flow per annum once up and running. That's a post-tax IRR of 67%. It's got post-tax NPV of $2 billion. USD, low capital intensity. So, you know, US 491 million projected capital will actually be repaid in one and a half years, which I think is fantastic. And the company's goal, they've aimed high to be the top five nickel provider, along with their peers, BHP, Rio and Glencore. Awesome. I mean, aim for the sky, right? And what about the most exciting part is valuation. So what do showing partners have on a price target? And more broadly, like, you know, what about the rest of the market? What are we what are we thinking for the share price? Okay, so the most bullish is one dollar ninety price tag, and that's our us, Shore and Partners, being 173.8% upside from current levels. Um, and then if you actually look at consensus, you're probably looking at $1.36. So again, that's still double digits, 95.2% upside um, if it reaches only consensus price target. Now again, just like APC, BSX is also in a trading halt as they're conducting a $55 million placement at $0.58 cents and a $5 million share purchase plan at $0.58. Cents. So the raise is via SP investors only, and the post market cap will be around 300 mil. So, still a micro cap, which is, I like that. Now, the use of funds will be 30 million towards the pilot plant phase two, 10 million towards feasibility studies, 5 million towards exploration, 5 mil towards strategic investments, and 10 mil working capital. So, in summary, we both pitched future facing commodity based companies in the ESG space. They're both two to three year time horizon trades. So, you know, buy now and stay hold, stay holding, hodl or whatever in, in crypto. And of course, you know, you know they're, they're high growth and speculative stock ideas, but we see them playing out. What did you call that? A hodl? Hodl. It's crypto. I've never you heard hodl. that term before. Yeah. <laughs> it's a crypto <laughs> term, guys. It's a crypto term, hodl. Our listeners right. should know. So with that in mind, that's a wrap for today's episode. Please remember, although Felicity and I are financial advisors at Shrine Partners, our conversation today does not constitute as personal advice, nor is it a financial product. As always, go out and seek professional financial advice before making any financial or investment decisions. Feel free to reach out to us on our social media channel. So our email is tmtm at equitymates.com. Our Instagram handle is at talkmoneytomepodcast, where we actually update you before the open and after the close, so daily market updates as well. So, you know, check out our show notes below. So in honour of... Blackstone. I'm going to give it a go in Vietnamese. Tiam Biet. Catch you next time, guys. See you. Talk Money to Me is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Talk Money to Me are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equity Mates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, 
Equity Mates Media and the hosts of Talk Money to Me acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.